When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later, I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. All right, folks, just ended up re-recording parts of this uh, because uh, I was originally going to break this up into NFL and NBA talk, but, uh, you know, given how lengthy the conversation uh, my dad and I had, uh, we're going to do that as a part two, but I'm going to get into the fantasy aspect in terms of NBA and NFL, so we're going to start off with NBA, uh, and, you know, we have a five-game slate for... Uh, the action coming up. I kind of look at this slate as a free-for-all, and you got to pick your spots. To me, it, it just starts and ends with the Knicks and uh, Bucks matchup, uh, where we where we kind of want to begin, because from my standpoint, it's got the highest total, most likely for the game to shoot out, because Giannis has been on a mission of just padding points, in my opinion. So in these games, like he's been go- kind of trying to go for NBA records and uh, e- evidenced by his uh, his argument and fight with the Pacers basketball team over the game ball. Uh, I don't think he's going to stop. So in terms of, uh, just so you guys know, for NBA scoring records on Christmas Day, the record is like, and most Knicks fans know this, at least I... I I swear, I hope most fans know this. Like, uh, I mean, Knicks fans at least. The the record of King is Bernard King. Bernard King dropping sixty on Christmas Day is the record. So, and this game being in the Garden, I kind of look at this from the standpoint of if Giannis gets off to a good start early, Giannis is going to go for that record because you saw Giannis put up sixty the other day. He's been on this little bit of a scoring binge because of everything that's been going on with the Damian Lillard thing. He's gotten his uh, secondary easy bucket scorer that you have to focus on. It's made things easier for Giannis and teams trying to crowd the paint. To me, I look at Giannis and I say, you know, between him and Jokic, your your build should be starting off with those two, and then you figure out the rest. Now, is uh, Giannis... Uh, you know, again, I I say this with uh, the caveat of I expect Giannis to be putting up a ton of points today. The, like, it, 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 there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I I just look at it as like that is uh, that is the route we're, we're going to be looking towards. So, uh, to me, your build should be starting off with Giannis or Jokic. And we kind of sort through there. Now, could you fit in a Giannis and Jokic build? 
Yes. And I would try to see if you could you can get Paul Reed in there, given that there's no uh there's no Joel Embiid. It's gonna be hard uh to make it work with the math, but I'm not <laughs> I, I am not uh, going to be opposed to uh, having some builds of that nature because of the fact that with uh, all those uh, all those guys in play, you're already because uh, I've got Jokic and Giannis. Uh, I've got Jokic ahead of Giannis, but Jokic is the only guy I have projected that can hit seventy. Giannis is the only guy that I think can get close to Jokic in that regard. But you're going to need ceiling matchups. And Jokic against the Warriors without Draymond. This is about as free baskets as you get. Like, Kevon Looney is not slowing down Jokic. And I look at Giannis against the Knicks. Giannis is, like I said, Giannis is getting very greedy in terms of uh, the uh, wanting the acclaim. I look at this a case where Giannis has a very real chance of... Uh, uh, try to go for the all-time scoring record on Curse's Day. And I know folks are going to say, Dwayne, that sounds incredibly petty. Guess what? Giannis is an incredibly petty player in terms of how how things have been working out lately. So uh, all that being said, uh, there is very much a a pathway where uh, this... uh, this uh, b- becomes uh, a scenario for us uh, today in terms of the build. So uh, don't don't be surprised uh, if you if you see Giannis uh, very uh, in in the mix because uh, I, I'm I'm just telling you guys there 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 are pathways for uh, where this can happen, and it's not going to shock me if if we if we hear Giannis's big day at the Garden because. I can easily see the scenario play out of Giannis uh, trying to stat pad against the Knicks, and none of these other games matter. Like you got Knicks, uh, I mean, you got uh, Celtics, Lakers, you got uh, Suns, Mavericks. You, you have you have potential scoring matchups. Uh, the Heat, uh, the Heat Sixers matchup has potential to shoot out as well. Like I said. I like Paul Reed. I like Tyrese Maxey. Uh, those are more obvious plays. And I'm not saying that Giannis and Jokic aren't obvious plays. I'm just saying that for the point totals that I'm expecting out of some of these guys, that's where it becomes a big deal. Like, you're going to need, you're you're going to need uh, these players in, in uh, quite some fashion in order to get there. From a build standpoint, it, it's it's not going to be uh, as cookie cutter as folks think it is uh, in terms of uh, the roster construction. So, with that being said, uh, I would focus on what you can get out of Giannis uh, Jokic and work from there. But don't be sh- uh, like I said, don't be surprised once uh whatever uh what you you got to sort out your builds that. Uh, it's it's a little it's a little bit tough getting some of the value pieces, so you're probably going to be looking at uh, uh, an AJ Lawson on Dallas. You, you'll find uh, an Eric Gordon in the, in, in the Phoenix games or Jared Vanderbilt. It's like you're probably going to have to go pretty thin in the 
uh, three and four K range for a couple of guys. Marcus Morris uh, for uh, the Sixers again without Embiid. The Sixers uh, bench is going to be uh, valuable in that regard. I just look at it from the standpoint of it, you, you can't you can't be poo pooing uh, 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 some some of these uh, squads. Uh, I think there's just too much value available that you can you can get to Giannis and Jokic, and I think that's the way you got to build today. Uh, I I don't I don't see. I, I just think there's way too much uh, in terms of uh, highly highly <laughs> high, highly explosive players de- delivering ceiling performances that getting away from Giannis or Jokic is a mistake, and I'm probably going to have more than a few builds with both of them in the in the lineup. So that's the way I'm approaching it. Um, we'll uh, take a quick break, get into some. Uh, NFL, but in terms of the actual NBA bets, so I actually do like uh, the over in the Knicks uh, Bucks game. As I said, I like Yada quite a bit, so I am over on the 241 and a half total. Do I expect the Bucks to win at minus three and a half? Yes, I do. And for some of these other games, I'm take. I am taking the Nuggets uh, minus. Uh, yeah, so I, I had the yeah, so I had the Nuggets uh, minus uh, six and a half over the Suns. I had the Celtics minus three over the Lakers. I am taking the Heat minus three over the Sixers, and I will take the. I'm actually going to take the Mavs side. Uh, of uh, the plus uh, four and a half, but I'm actually going to take uh, I'm actually taking the under two thirty seven in that matchup. I think that game uh, plays a little bit slower than what most are expecting, and some lines have it at two thirty seven. You can actually get a two thirty eight in a couple of spots, so I would bet the under on the two thirty eight. Just get the higher number and kind of go from there. But uh, yeah, that's uh, my overall thoughts on the uh, NBA uh, Christmas slate. So. We'll uh, take a break after this and uh, come back uh, with some thoughts from uh, the NFL side of the coin and uh, be back at it. And also got to talk about uh, uh, some of the comments by Becky Hammond about Jalen Brunson. Uh, So we'll probably have that as part of uh, the discussion with uh, my dad. Uh, But, uh, you know, I, I think Knicks fans are going out of their complete minds over it. So, again, more to come. We'll be back after this. Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. All right, Callie. Yeah, I'll let you go because... Uh, 
You caught me in the middle of NBA talk, but I'll let you go with your point about the Knicks. No, I agree with um, with, with Becky Hammond. The Knicks don't have the guy. Oh, yes, yes. You know? So you, you, you actually segued into the point that I was making. Uh, so everyone, so, uh, you know, again, to recap for everyone, everyone got upset with Becky Hammond. And I didn't realize this blew up over the last week, uh, given how busy I was. But literally, this was the biggest non-story, but it shows how delusional Knicks fans get. And I get upset with New York sports fans saying how knowledgeable they are. Yes, Jalen Brunson is great. Becky Hammond's point wasn't that Jalen Brunson is great. Becky Hammond's point was to be able to win consistently in the NBA, you need a transcendent player, and the Knicks don't have that. I don't even think Donovan Mitchell is a, a transcendent player, but the Knicks, the Knicks aren't there yet because they don't have the guy to get them to the the finish line. We have a bunch of guys that can get us into the playoffs, but realistically, the Knicks are going to be in the exact same spot, getting knocked out, at, whether it's the first round or second round, depending on how tough the matchup is, because they don't have that next level gear now. There's a way you can get there, and you you see a budget way of doing it when you're the a team like the Miami Heat, where the Heat don't take the regular season seriously, and they just save their bodies for the postseason, and then you just try to max out your effort and grind out playoff series without a true... Because, again, I don't say Jimmy Butler's a transcendent player, but he's better than what the Knicks have. And his game adapts better to postseason play, unlike the Knicks players, because the Knicks players rely on three-pointers, and they can't, like outside of Brunson, they don't get a ton of easy buckets. So that's why R.J. Barrett and uh, Julius Randle struggle mightily in the postseason, and it all comes down to Brunson. And Becky Hammond's point was, it's not that Brunson isn't a great player, it's like she said she said it herself. He's like he's an all she he's an all pro player and he can make all star teams, but he's not the guy to get you to that next level. And Knicks fans took that as an insult to Jalen Brunson. And I'm sorry, but Jalen Brunson is not on the level of like. And she mentioned who she she was talking about. She was talking about the Steph Curry's in the world, and people like started throwing out Allen Iverson. It's like. Jalen Brunson, is, like, because, like, she made it sound like, oh, only Steph Curry could be, like, a transcendent-type player as a short guard. Like, there, there's the Isaiah Thomases of the world. There, there's the Allen Iverson's of the world that could elevate. But, like, Jalen Brunson isn't that level. Jalen Brunson's way better than what anyone would have imagined him to be on the Knicks. And so he made a jump that no one expected because no one really expected Jalen Brunson to the Knicks to be that big of a deal. There was always the expectation of, okay, you get Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson would be the number two to Donovan. But uh, Jalen Brunson became more than that. So, yes, you don't necessarily need Donovan Mitchell to replace Jalen Brunson. You need a Donovan Mitchell or someone else to replace an R.J. Barrett because R.J. Barrett is still the same dude we've seen for the last two and a half years. And there seems to be no growth in his game. The Knicks are stuck in neutral, whether they want to admit it or not. Becky Hammond was just pointing out the fact that what I see and have seen for quite a bit is that you have to move Randall or R.J. Barrett or both if the Knicks are going to go anywhere. Oh, I, I, 
I say both. I I, I say both because uh, uh, look, let me tell you something. Unless you're not playing to be in the postseason, I don't know why you need Randall because he never shows up in the postseason. And and if if you want to be a big time player, your game goes up a notch. If you if you are seven in the regular season, you got to be nine and a half to ten in the postseason in order to be a difference maker. It, it, it everybody does it. You know you can't you can't you know. And I I agree with Be- Becky because. Even if you talk about a guy, you know, the, the, the Steph and the Isaiah, okay, think about this. Those teams that those guys are on, check who's the number two guys and the number three guys. I mean, Isaiah was on a team with, with, with Mahon and, 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 you know, and, and these guys, I mean, you know, Rodman was on that team. I mean, it, 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 it was a it was a well-rounded team, a, 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 a very good defensive team. The Knicks is not that, you know. We're gonna offset. I mean, Steph was on that team when Clay Thompson was on fire. Uh, you know, I mean, you had to pick your poison. You know, and that offsets a lot of stuff. You can't just say. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll close down Steph. Yes, yeah, Steph is a is a much better shooter than 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 Clay Thompson. But before Clay Thompson had those injuries, uh, he could just torch you for fifty any night. Yeah, and, and you know, and the, 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 but that's the thing. It's like you know, I, I think too many folks get caught up with. Ew, if this guy's not like the considered the best of the best, you're insulting him. It's like. It's not that, but there's levels to this. And Becky Hammond, if if anyone has earned that right of like saying it, like Becky Hammond was a short point guard who's one of the best female basketball players of all time and has become a great coach. Like I, I, I don't I don't even know how this became it like like a deemed an insult. Like like this is insane. <laughs> like I, I like I, like I, I I honestly I honestly feel like as though again it's very frustrating listening to how uh, how people cannot understand critical analysis and and take it as construct uh, constructive uh, opinion. Like it's not saying that he can't ball. That's not what she's saying. She's saying if the if the Knicks are going to be a truly championship team. Jalen Brunson can't be your best player. It's the truth. <laughs> it's the no, truth. Let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Okay? People, ever since, ever since social media has arrived, everybody thinks they're an expert. Right? There's no, there's no need to listen to, to Francesca and Key and these guys. And, and and technically, her point was, and I, I, and I don't want to put words in her mouth. She said, "You probably won't win a championship." I know she was being kind. I'll just flat out say it: You're not winning a championship with uh, Jalen Brunson as your best player unless something fluky happens. My whole thing with the Knicks run last year was that when the Bucks got eliminated, I thought you could beat that Heat team 
given that it was Jimmy Butler. I I I thought you uh, that, that he team that I was confident that that we could get there because I thought we could beat that Heat team. But okay. but what it showed though was that the Heat's game they could adapt to different areas of the three and D, whereas the Knicks could only get there. By sheer hitting shots, and they could not figure out a way of working the transition game to get easy buckets. The Heat got easy buckets all the time against us, which is something that they didn't do in the regular season. They were able to adapt for the postseason. The Knicks could never make that transition and switch, so it it always came down to Jalen Brunson having to do it all. And again, that's why the Knicks came up short. If Jalen Brunson was like um, closer to Jimmy's level then yes, the Knicks might be able to pull out that series. It would not have, it, it probably would have gone terrible. But the reason why that series ended the way it was, and it kept going very similar styles where it all come down to Jalen. Maybe you would hope that one of the bench players show up, but you weren't getting anything out of RJ or uh, Randall. And yeah, RJ got hurt. It, it, it honestly didn't matter. Like, it, like RJ and Randall both got hurt. It, it didn't really matter because... Even when they were healthy, they weren't doing anything. Um, but that's that's my point. It, it, like we got to a point where the fans got so upset at Becky Hammond, who was a New York Liberty player, by the way, and like a Hall of Famer for the Liberty. Like I, it, it's not like she's going against the Knicks. She wants the Knicks to win. She's just pointing out what we all know. Knicks fans don't want to accept this. I, 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 like, I, like, it, it, it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. You can love your player, but understand what it takes for us to win. Like, th- th- that's reality. It's like, you can be a fan, but, like, you can't let your fandom get in the way of actually winning. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just dumb. It's just dumb. All right, so uh, uh, so th- while I have you here, because I know I know you you are not even bothering to cover NBA in the slightest. We're just going to pivot to NFL for now, and then uh, I'll wrap up my NBA thoughts. Uh, uh, but I'll get your NFL picks while while I have you here. So without much further ado, we have to start off uh, the NFL slate today. I know you're excited about this one. We got the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, favored by ten and a half against the Raiders. Ten and a half. Yep. Against the Raiders. I mean, normally that's an easy take, but the problem I'm having is can the Kansas City cover a ten? You know, cover ten points. With with those receivers, with the with the bung, the bungling bunch, you know. The only thing I'll say about that is more from the standpoint of if this was, I I would I, w- I would feel I would feel worse about it if this was in in Vegas. This being in Kansas City, I almost feel as though you need the Raiders. Uh, you you need the Raiders to like treat this as their Super Bowl matchup, and I don't know if, like, if on Christmas having to play on Christmas Day that's gonna fire them up. Like I, I like the the only the only team that 
I see out of the true dogs out of this one, I actually think the Giants show up today. I'm not, and I'm not entirely sure about the Raiders. Well, look, since Bears has taken over, they've been fighting. Yeah. That, that's why I have a problem. I mean, I, 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 I'm not going to try to sway you. If if you want to take the Raiders side of it, I, I'll I'll let you take the Raiders side of it. I just feel as though, you know, the the Raiders had their their two two week period. We we're right at the end of the season. This is usually the time of year where they start packing it in, but they are six and eight. So you know, no, no I I think Kansas City is going to win the game. No, no, no! I know what you're saying. It's like I, I, I you, you're looking at this as more like they win it by a touchdown. I'm, I'm, look, you. I've seen so many. There hasn't been a game this year where anybody has dominated Kansas City. They, Kansas City has dominated all those games, and then you look up, and they lost the game by a point, or or they win by a, you know, uh, five, six points, or, or whatever, and they're like. How the hell does that happen? You know, and then you look back and you see how many drops and how many bad penalties. There are a lot of drops. Like, the Chiefs lead the league in drops, but I feel like the Chiefs lead the league in, like, just, like, the worst timed drops. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's that's what I'm saying. And, and, and it's, 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 like like the like the the Chiefs like stall the stall out their drives in ways where I just gotta look at it, I'm like man I I I just I just like I couldn't figure I could not figure out like uh, uh yeah the, the Chiefs have some some of the worst worst drops in the league I, I'll I'll, I'll yeah, just I'll just know, leave it at that it's like you, they you have some of the worst know, drops in the league. Yeah, you would see Mahomes make a great play and say, "Oh shit, how do you do that?" But my favorite, my favorite part about all of it is, uh, like, they they have some of the worst drops in the league, and yet still people are like, "Yeah, Mahomes just doesn't seem to have it this year." And it's like, wait, what? Look, let me tell you something. You see Mahomes make some of the best plays, and then you know you're watching TV and you see that flag. And it's like, I, I, I wonder who. You know, you know it's coming back. You know, you know it's coming back. It's just a matter of who did it. Is it, is it a false start? Is it a legal shift? Is it an offside? You know, it's it's always something. It's always something. And I think they have too much of that. You know, and and well, forget the drops. You know. But they just have too many self-inflicted wounds on 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 the season. So I don't know. I don't know. I ten and a half. I I no. I I. They can make me look stupid, but I, I, no, I doubt that. I, I I don't think that's gonna work. I, that ain't gonna work for me. I, I can't. I can't sign up for Kansas City with 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 ten and a half with the way with the way they they're going. Yeah. So, we'll see. Yeah. So, uh, j- just to uh, just to uh, outline a couple of things that have going on. Um, uh, 
Josh Jacobs is a game time decision for the Raiders with a quad injury. Uh, but on the plus side for the Chiefs, Kadarius Tony's out today. That might be a plus. Oh, oh, it's it's definitely a plus. I, I that's why I said it. it's like on the plus side for the Chiefs. Uh, uh, the the, the, the they, they have Kadarius Tony out, so you missed that part. Like I said, that was a plus for the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, I saw that late last night, and I, I wasn't sure if it was official. You know, um, because uh, I mean, it it it, it is like like he's you know, been lighting it up with with anything, I, I, you know. So so, I that that one that one is it, it, it's it. I think that's 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 more in the Chiefs' favor than anything else. But I I, I still I just think that uh, the Raiders and coming off that win that they had the other day. Uh, you're gonna have to beat them. You're gonna have to beat them back in, 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 in you know, back down in that hole. I, I don't think they're gonna just run back down just like that. Uh, I think you're gonna get a, a a good effort from them. Yeah. I don't think they say to say like they're playing to save the coach's job or anything. I just think the Raiders think we're better than this. We just had a shitty coach. Uh, I, I think that's what you're gonna get. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, it, 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 it ain't like they do it. I think they just think that if they had let us do this, we could do this. Uh, I think that's uh, that's. I think that's what you see. That's why I I I think that's a high number for me to go with. Yeah. So no, I I I, I, I won't I won't go near that. I I, I can take Kansas City for the win, but uh, I don't think they they can cover that. Yeah. All right. We move on to our Giants. Tommy Cutlets travels to Philly to play the Eagles. Eagles ten and a half point favorites. Now, the 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 out you know besides hitting the bet against my Giants, the Eagles, and and I, I don't want people to look at that those games last year. This Eagles team is not that Eagles team from last year. Uh, they just don't. They they, they they don't scare. They don't scare you like they, like they used to. Uh, I, it, it's 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 more it's more of a complacency issue than anything else. But uh, it's it's a, it's ten and a half. You think it's, it's just complacency? I think a lot of it's complacency. They, they're injured. They are injured on the uh, they're injured in the secondary by far. So like that secondary is a mess. So I think the reason why the Giants have a chance to at least not look like they're they're, they're a JV team playing playing uh, a college team. Like in terms of comparison, like how badly the Giants have been getting embarrassed by the Eagles lately. The reason why I think it'll look slightly more competitive is that you know Devito has at least shown. Some initiative to throw an intermediate to long pass that Daniel Jones hadn't. 
So I think they'll be able to test the Eagles secondary, and I think there are ways of punishing the Eagles secondary that at least keep the Eagles offense off the field. To me, that's the key. If you allow the Eagles just to keep staying on the field, they are going to wear out the Giants' secondary just because they're going to keep them running around trying to make tackles with the run game, and then they're going to hit them over the top with the passing game between Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. That's the issue the Giants run into whenever they play the Eagles. But from my perspective, you know, it's it's a case where if you're the Giants, you got to take a chance somewhere. Like, you can't just rely on uh, hanging around and hope for the best. It's like, if you're the Giants, you might as well play a more aggressive blitzing style defense and hope you get there against Hurts versus trying to cover the Eagles in space because your your guys are too inexperienced. They can't cover those guys in space. So you gotta you gotta blitz. Like to me, staying home doesn't doesn't do the Giants any good. The Giants have to play for broke. If you get blown out thirty to nothing at halftime. So be it. It's like it's not like it's any worse than what you've been going through the last two years with the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. I, I think that number is a little high because I, I, I have a feeling that the Giants are gonna kind of play hard today. I, I you know. Because uh, the defense has been because everyone's expecting everyone's expecting the Giants to get smashed today. That is that is the overwhelming prevailing notion that the Giants are going to get smashed today because the line's up to thirteen and a half. Like the live line is at thirteen and a half. I've already bet I've already bet the Giants at plus fourteen on on uh, on the books that it's gone up to fourteen. I already bet the Giants side. It's like I, I ha- it's like yes. Could the Giants get blown out by thirty today? Yes, yeah. they can absolutely get blown out by thirty today. But the but there's only so so many times you're going to be able to blow out a team by double digit points and make it look easy. The Eagles already done it three times in a row, so they're already coming in very confident. This is the game because we play the Eagles again in 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 two weeks. This is the game. I think the Giants actually catch them overconfident. Even though the Eagles have been on a losing seat, everyone keeps looking at this as the get-right spot. This is a get-right spot. The Eagles have been hearing all about this being the get-right spot for weeks now. Like, when they've been on this losing streak. What happens if the Giants actually punch them in the mouth in the, in, in the first quarter and they're trailing at, at, the, fir- at the end of the first quarter? You know, th- th- there's, there's something to be said about that. It's like, like when, you do, when you come out to a game where you're just expecting to roll a team... And then they come out and hit you hard to start off with, and then you have to like react after the fact. That's a difference. Yeah, I I just look. I don't think no, they they won't tell you this, but I don't think the Eagles have that confidence this year where they think they can just come out and you know impose their will on people. I don't think that that team is. It's, it's 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 like that, and I think part of it is the coaching. I think those those assistants that they lost, I think is having a big effect on this team, because everybody believes, everybody thinks that. Oh, so if you're on a you're on a coaching staff, if the big guy leaves, you can just pick it up. 
No. No, it, it doesn't always work like that. You see that shit with Josh Allen. How 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 much he dropped off since Dable's not been there. Yeah. You know, part of it is your belief in the guy and part of it is the guy the way he does he, it. He can get he can max and you've already seen it. Tommy DeVito is not an NFL QB. I'm going to say this again. Tommy DeVito is not an NFL QB. We're quickly finding out neither is Daniel Jones. But in the hands of Brian Dable, he can at least make them look serviceable to an extent that you can fool people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, yeah, people, you know, everybody thinks that because a guy does it, it's, it's easy and it's not really easy. Some people just know how to do stuff. And and I think the problem with the Eagles is both on defense is that they they just, yeah, they have the schemes and whatever, whatever. But those guys are not. That, that, that team is not as fearsome defensive as it was last year. It's it just not. It's just not. So... You know, we'll, we'll see. And they actually were supposed to be better. Yeah, they lose a couple of guys, but they got guys in the draft. And, and um, oh, God, I forget his name, from Georgia that they got. That guy is actually a stud. So they should have been better. But no, they, they, they're not. You know? So, so, so... Uh, I, I feel like you're on the edge with me uh, because for uh, betting purposes, I've actually bet on the Giants today. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, th- I think the Giants are... Look, is the Giants going to win the game? I don't think so. I would love it, but I don't think so. But the Eagles have shown you that right now they're just fighting to win games. This thing about covering the spread and thing, I don't, I don't think that that that, you know. Well, if they get up on a team, yeah, they can roll it up, you know. But right now, the Eagles are just trying to find themselves. I don't, I don't think beating the spread is one of the things. I, I don't, I don't think they're in a position to think to to do that to anybody, you know. The the, the you saw it last week in Seattle. There wasn't a dog fight from beginning to the end of that game. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, I, 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 I give the Giants a puncher's chance against the Eagles. You know. So yeah, no, I, 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 I think the Eagles is going to win the game, but I, I am, I am kind of confident that they they're not going to cover that. Uh, you know that 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 that's right. Yeah, I, I just to me, my whole thing with this game comes down to I, I think there's been so much talk about the Giants and how 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 are they going to keep up? And I I just keep looking at this. And I'm saying to myself, it's like try to like this line being at fourteen. I just feel it's 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 borderline criminal. The the because at this stage, we know the Giants aren't any good. But at the same time, there's something to be said when you know you aren't playing well, 
and you've been trying to figure it out, you're just trying to get by this game because everyone keeps saying you should smash the Giants. And it's like, okay, we, we got out of there, we got the W, and they're just trying to move on. It's like, I don't, it's like, the Eagles could try to do all the style points that they want, but realistically, they're not healthy enough to do style points. And at this time of the year, it doesn't help them doing style points. If it was earlier in the year when you're trying to get into a groove, yeah, maybe you might you might want to do it. But it's like at this stage, what what's what's the what's the benefit? Like you you gotta like you you gotta just try to get as wins where you can and just get into the postseason and and, and lock up your seating. Like to me, running up the score is not is not gonna do you much good. And you know the Giants are gonna keep competing through the end of the game. So to me. Even if the Eagles are up a couple of scores, the Giants are still in line to do a backdoor cover. I, I'm, I'm, like I said, I, I just, you know, for picks pools, I get taking the Eagles side at ten and a half. Uh, I'm not gonna say no, but my the way I look at it is that ten and a half is about as far as I'm stretching. Once we're getting into that thirteen and a half and now up to fourteen, now it's like we're getting we're getting a little wild here. We're getting a little wild here. And it's like I'm seeing way too much public money on the Eagles side of this. That it's it's actually telling me it's like this is this is uh, the classic mistake folks make, where I think folks get way too caught up in the narrative of, uh, yeah, it's you know, uh, it, it it's 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 more it's more along the lines of, uh, uh, it's more along the lines of yeah, the narrative is telling folks that. You know, we 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 gotta we gotta we gotta start lining up on the uh, uh, on the eagle side of it, the defense. But to me, I think it's clearly obvious that um, you know you've got over six. Like, yeah, you've got uh, like uh, based off of the data, it, it's about and and this this is uh, this is how you gotta know. It's like you got over sixty uh, percent of at least from what we can tell from the Vegas side of the. You got over sixty percent of sixty five percent of the bets on um, on the on the Eagles side. Well, here's the only way I think the Eagles get any closer covering that if the veto throws like three picks and they run back at least two for 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 you know you know for for the maximum. That's you know, that's that's the only way I see that happening. You get the easy, you get the easy point, pick six. So that that's the only way. If they gotta drive down the field and do it, I don't see it happening. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. So yeah. We, we got the nightcap. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm interested in this one. I'm actually interested in this one because to me, you have the Ravens plus six. It's a it's a healthy number. Yeah. Tra- traveling to San Fran to play the Niners, but what's that? Yeah, all right. Yeah, we got a Kelly on hold there, but um, the the issue is is that you know. You've got the public coming in on the Niners side, but it's been relatively evenly split. Yeah, yeah, I got you back. 
ahead. Yeah. yeah. So right. I, I, what I was saying is, you got most of the public money uh, coming in late on the on the Baltimore side. It's actually been pretty evenly split because the line is actually what's kind of keeping folks in here. Because six is a is a decent number on the Niners side because you know how good the Ravens are. But I kind of look back towards the trend of when I get an East Coast team traveling to primetime to play a West Coast team, it favors the West Coast team on the back end of the game, especially in the second half. So to me, this is a game where I am more interested in betting live betting the second half than I am betting uh, the overall game. Because six is a healthy number for the Niners. I could see a scenario where Baltimore is up at halftime and then you get plus money on the Niners and I get to bet on the Niners for the second half comeback and win out that way rather than having to bank on the Niners covering six. I think the Niners win this game, but it wouldn't shock me if Baltimore is up at halftime and then you get the Niners as an underdog for the second half, and I can just bet that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this game, look, I I picked the Niners to win the Super Bowl. Okay? I picked the Niners to win the Super Bowl. Baltimore has the personnel to, to, to be there. The problem... I always have with Baltimore is their team that never gives me confidence. Even if I even if I have Baltimore and they're up, and because most games that Baltimore plays, they're up. They're always ahead. But then they just they just kind of hangs around, hangs around. Yeah, no, the, the Baltimore and, and give everybody a punch of shot. Baltimore doesn't have the drops the Chiefs do. But they have very similar miscues where they stall out drives where they have long drives going and they they eventually end up stalling them out and have to settle for a field goal. Or it's an awkward position where, yeah, you can punt it, but it's like you're kind of in between so you never get to that field position. Like Baltimore has a ton of drives of that nature where they're not going three and out, but they don't have a productive result from the drive either because it, it's harder... They, they move far enough where it gets harder to actually tilt field position and you're more expected to score anyway, but they don't score. So, like, they have that they have the same issues as the Chiefs. It's just that the Chiefs, you can point more towards an immediate issue where they struggle where it's, it's, a, it's a drops issue. With Baltimore, sometimes they just kind of get caught in their own way, whether they want to be a running team or a passing team, uh, once they get over midfield. Uh, they because the, the other thing I, with Baltimore is that without, without Andrews, I haven't I haven't seen anybody step up to... Likely has had two plays. Like, he's had two notable plays, but the, but the thing is, he's too talented not to have more plays. But this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. I don't understand how you can have that much talent and the number one guy goes down. And this is this is a team that throws the ball to the tight end a lot. You know, because like, you know what you know what takes me off with 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 with, with, with 
some of these guys. You have you have Lamar, who is so dangerous running the ball. So you you you're not going to get that kind of press coverage because they gotta be available for if he starts to run. Not oh yeah, no, the like you know the only person who seems to get that concept is Odell because Odell Beckham will do more. Uh, uh, more fades and try to get past you because Odell doesn't have the speed that he used to. So he's got to beat you with fakes. But the other receivers on that team do not take advantage of the fact that they get free releases all the time and don't necessarily get the separation. That's why the Ravens drive, like, stall out the way they do. It's like Lamar can throw, but the Ravens receivers don't necessarily cause the separation that they should be able to given how much DBs have to concentrate on Lamar. They should have better separation than most. I'm telling you, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And the, the other, the other, the, the young receiver, and I know this. Uh, Zay Flowers. Flowers, he, he drops too many balls. Uh, you know, he drops up, or he doesn't get, he doesn't get his hands straight. I call that a drop also when, when it's just out of your reach, you know, because I know it's not that, that he he threw it out of your reach, it's that you didn't reach the top of your route yeah. good enough, you know. So I I don't know. I yeah. Like when he gets the ball in his hands, it looks great. The problem yeah. is he's got he's got to get to the ball. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to do it three or four times before he really gets it right. You know, I, I don't know. I just like, like I tell you, I, I, I picked, I picked the, the one thing with, 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 with the 49ers. If the 49ers have the better of a half, you're probably going to be down 21 points because they just go right at you. They, it's jungle or nothing. They go right after you. And that's what I like. I, I don't like the fact that, you know, like I said, Baltimore would go on a drive. And they're on that drive, like, for almost four minutes. And then when they punt, they just, you know, they end up in no man's land where they just cross midfield and the drive stall. And they're like, they, they had the ball for so long then, that's all they got? Yeah, and this happens to them a lot. Like I say, Baltimore would be—I mean, time of possession in a game is so one-sided—and then you realize, hey, wait a minute, they could still lose this game. They only have by a field goal. No, no, none of the other top teams. I, this this happens to it happens to Baltimore a lot, a lot. I I, I keep. Going back to that Colts game, yeah, they got robbed. They got robbed in that game because it should have been a flag. But the problem is that it, that game should have never been in that position. They dominated that game. How the hell you wind up where one bad call costs you the game? You know? And and this is the problem I have with it. Because if, if San Fran jumps on them tonight, uh, San Fran puts you out of the game sometime in the first quarter if they jump on you 
and, and, and you don't try to punch back. They'll put you out quick. They put you they they don't leave much doubt. They put you out in misery really quick that this game is over. You know, and that's the one thing I don't see with Baltimore. And not just this year. It's a problem I've had with them for a while. You yeah, know? no, it, it, it's it's been a recurring theme where uh, the, their efficiency at like converting plus drives, uh, it leaves a lot to be desired. It's why it's why they've struggled so much against certain teams that like come at you hard from a defensive perspective. Because in the playoffs, that's what teams do. They 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 are more likely to kind of crack down on you and kind of take away what you like to do in terms of your money play. So that's why they struggle against teams like the Titans because the Titans are a grimy-ass team. Like, when the Titans are in the postseason, you don't want to play the Titans because they force you to take less optimal plays and make it work. So you have to be an efficient offense, and the Ravens aren't an efficient offense. So that's why I say, you know, for certain teams, and this is why I say no matter what, even if they get into the postseason, Buffalo is far from being... Uh, like I know, people want to say dangerous teams. Like the reason why the Bills have issues is that the like for all the complaints that we we're, we're saying about the Chiefs and the Ravens, the Bills are even less efficient. Like that's why that Chargers game was so alarming was the fact that they've reverted right back to the exact same things that got them into trouble in the first place. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. They bring they bring you mean into the wood inconsistent. Yeah. So you know, well. Like I say, we'll, 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 we'll see. I, I'm anxious for this game tonight because I want to see, like I say, I, w- I know where San Francisco is. I want to see where Baltimore is. You know, because, you know, people keep st- saying uh, this this is a s- Super Bowl preview. And let me tell you something. I don't count nothing with Baltimore as a short thing. Nothing. And this is a team that I really like and a player that I really love. I just... They just, like... Don't don't have a weak heart because they, 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 they can cause problems for you. They just... You know, I'm... I go back to stealing job. I go back to stealing job. The problem is I've seen this movie before. You know, and in the back of your mind, you keep thinking, yeah, it looks great now, but yeah, yeah, yeah we know, we know. <laughs> yeah. And, and actually, just, just a, just a comment on that, because we did, we, we talked about this offline, but, you know, a game that we saw yesterday that we were not impressed with, you know, regardless of however you want to feel on being on either side of the matchup, that Cowboys Miami matchup, you know, the defenses played well, but the offenses showed you why in the postseason. There, there are things to be wary of if you see either of these teams in the postseason, if you're a fan of the Cowboys or the Dolphins. Because from an efficiency standpoint, the plays that they called left a lot to be desired because your kind of question is like, what was the goal of that play? Because basically... We took chances on plays we didn't need to take chances on, and the Cowboys lost the game more than Miami won the game, in my opinion. But if you're a fan of Vader's squad, 
you should not be feeling that confident about your chances moving forward because, again, I'm going to say it from the, the context of if you if you're truly going to be one of the teams to beat, you you got you got to be more efficient in terms of like and I and I know I know this comes across as critical, but it, it, it it's 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 just so important that like in terms of managing how you go about your business like it it matters it 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 absolutely matters because a lot of these plays you're trying to do a trick play you're trying to do like you know in the postseason you can only get away with one or two trick plays if you're constantly trying to do trick plays and that's what we were seeing yesterday like they were trying to one up each other and i don't i like to me this is why mike mccarthy got rid of uh uh um Kellen Moore, thank you. Because in big games, they would get into this bad habit of kind of calling these plays that didn't make a ton of sense. And, I, and yesterday, I saw Mike McCarthy, and I'm like, "Is Kellen Moore back at, uh, back on the coaching staff?" Because it it literally felt like a Cowboys game from two years ago. So to me, the Cowboys got out of the sorts doing things that they hadn't done all season long, and it's like to me. That was uh, one of the more inexplicable losses of the year for the Cowboys because of the fact that the play calling really didn't match up with what they've been trying to do this year. I I just I I some of these things some of these things just drive me crazy. You know, uh, it's 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 look the one thing the, 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 it's like. To me, when you see something that's that works, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, you know, if, if, it's, it's like it's like it's like the the, the brotherly shove or whatever they want to call it. The way the way how they have that now, if 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 it's one second to go and it's fourth down. On the one yard line, you know you've lost that game. The way they do that, they just, you know. And and obligatory reference: the brotherly shove is a rugby scrum that NFL teams are still too lazy to hire actual rugby people to teach them how to do properly. Philly's the only one who did it. Although Philly is never going to claim that publicly, that's what they did. I don't care what Nick Sirianni says. They get, they had rugby guys to show them how to do it. There's enough, there's enough rugby guys in the, in the NFL now. Not enough quality ones because we've seen too many teams screw this up that I know there aren't enough rugby people to actually walk them through it properly. Let me tell you something. It's, it's, it's NFL players now, just because they know how to do something don't mean they're going to put their minds into... To, to doing it the right way. Come on, you know. So, so that that's the thing. But my thing is this: it 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 works. It works. You know. I mean, look. It's just a matter of learning to do things properly because New England never did the brotherly shove. But how many times have have teams stopped? Tom Brady on a quarterback sneak. It was like a, 
He literally had a 90, like, they had the stat, like, he had it literally a 95% conversion rate on QB sneaks, which is insane, but... And you know it's coming. You knew. You see them lining up for it. How many times did he stop it? You know why? Because he practiced it. It's 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 a matter of, I'm going to get this right. Uh, you, you, I mean, you used to stand there, and you, 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 you know that you know they're going to sneak it. You know it. And it ain't like he was big, 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 or he was really, really fast, or anything. He was and the he least was... athletic QB ever. And, <laughs> like, and, yeah. he, like, you can make the argument that like, Tom Brady is one of the least athletic QBs oh, o- o- over 6'3". Oh, three. Three. oh, please. One, one degree above a snail. But <laughs> you know what he did? He did things correct. And he paid attention to detail. That's the thing with, 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 with him. You understand? Every now and then, Tom Brady would scramble. Yeah, he's, he's going at minus two miles an hour, but he's going in the right direction. I mean, Tom Brady never used to run out of trouble, but he knew to slide to his right, to slide to his left, to move up. It's just a matter of doing the things the right way. And the problem with, with, I think, in the NFL now, which is causing a lot of problems, is guys are sloppy. Well, that, well, again, that that go, that goes back that goes back to his whole argument about why he said the quality of play has been down is the fact that he sees how sloppy guys are. It drives him crazy. Guys are sloppy. It, 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 I know. I know for someone that's that has been well documented as a complete and utter psychopath at times when it comes to being prepared and going to practice and like how guys would talk about how Brady would drive guys and Gronk talks about it all the time, like how like crazy intense Brady gets as a competitor. Like I know that bothers Tom Brady because he sees how sloppy guys are. So that's why he made the comment about the hospital balls QBs have been thrown because he knows guys have been like lax in, t- in terms of the attention to detail. Let me tell you something. How many, how many of these great guys you ever hear people say, oh, he was the nicest guy in Jordan. Zeke. Guys never liked those guys in practice and stuff. Yeah, the, oh, uh, like Bird, Larry, Larry Bird. Crazy. Larry Bird wasn't a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, like, Tim Duncan. You, the, you heard about how... Uh, uh, like, like people would say nice things about Joe Montana, but then you listen to Steve Young and he'd be like, no. Joe Montana, Joe Montana was like, Joe Montana was a nice guy. Those guys, look, people think that you win by being nice, but it's, it's, it, it takes a lot. It's because, remember. But, oh, actually, there was another clip I got to send to you. Uh, like Shannon Sharp kind of broke it down because he was breaking down the George Pickens thing. The issue is, is that the reason why some of these guys, and yeah, part of it's their mentality, but it's the other feature of it is why they were that demanding is they wouldn't ask more of someone that they weren't prepared to do themselves. And that's the caveat. It's like, you could be a, you could be a tyrant and this, that, and the other. It's like the reason why the Josh McDaniels of the world fail compared to like some of the top athletes who succeed is that the the players have to believe that you're willing to sacrifice as much as they are and go as hard as they are being asked to do 
if you're alongside with them. Like, that's, that's why, like, most of the guys who are, like, they try to be a taskmaster head coach, it doesn't work at the NFL level because if they didn't see you be that guy as a player or you weren't a player, they're not going to respect you in that degree. Yeah. That, that's, that's just the truth of the matter. It's like, you know, Dan Campbell, even though he sounds like it, like, I'll be honest, Dan Campbell still sounds like a, he sounds, well, I was going to say a caveman, but yeah, see, like, it's like, like, but it's like the guys who work, like, play with Dan Campbell, saw Dan Campbell work out, you look at Dan Campbell, he still looks like he could, he could be, you you are not the guy you want to mess with him in a, in a dark alley. Like, he, he looks like he's the guy who lived that life. You know, there's a certain thing. But you don't have to look that way. But it's like they gotta believe that you know. Again, you at least understand the mentality. Now you don't have to be like that. It's like you know you can have you can have the Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy was like that, but yeah. you know when you talk to Tony Dungy, you know he's a very serious guy. Yeah, but that's the thing. <laughs> but that, that, but that's the thing. It's like the, the players. You can't fool the players. The players either know you you are that committed and that serious and that focused, like, or it's or you're just saying it because you want to make it about you, and that's the that's the caveat that you know a lot of times when you see some of these coaches fail and you see me calling out coaches because the players themselves don't take their coaches seriously, so that's why they just freestyle because you know it 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 will drive you crazy. It's like. You know, it took it took literally the the Browns losing Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson was still has not was not ready to play NFL football this year. It's like it literally took the Browns going to Joe Flacco off his couch for the Browns offense to look at least what it was supposed to be to match that defense. It's not like Joe Flacco's found the fountain of youth. It's just that if Joe Flacco can at least get you to a level where competency wise. You can execute the plays that you're supposed to be able to execute, and he knows what to do. It, so again, with NFL, you know it's not that complicated, but you, you still have to have the uh, personnel and framework in place because if it's not there, it's very easy to spot. It's like, and again, with the games we saw yesterday, the Jets defense did everything humanly possible to win the game for the Jets, uh, and their special teams too. But the Jets offense was so incompetent. Washington almost came back and won that game because the Jets' offense could not complete a pass over 10 yards that entire game. So basically, the Jets' defense was playing by itself for about 55 minutes on its own because the Jets' offense could not actually sustain offense. Brees Hall, yes, he scored a bunch of touchdowns, but literally, those were all explosive plays. The Jets didn't have long drives. So again, the Jets' defense defense gets played, but if, if you actually watched that game and followed it, you realize that it was just Jets defense playing by themselves because if the special if they didn't do it or the special teams didn't set set up the Jets offense, nothing was going to get done in that game. No, no, the Jets, the Jets, the first three scores that the Jets had, okay, they got it from the defense and the special teams. They got the ball in scoring position from those those two guys. And even a couple of them that they gave them, they screwed it up and gave the ball back. That the, the offense did nothing yesterday. Nothing. You know, they got everything for free. I mean, it was Christmas a day early for that, for, for that Jets offense. You know, 
And even with that, they found a way to carry back some of the gifts. <laughs> they, they, the Jets are the only people that carry back gifts on Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah, this is they didn't like... the day after. Yeah, you know, like the, the, it was. It was the, to me. To me, yesterday was actually the Jets' worst performance. Uh, I, I I thought so, uh, because of where they got the ball, what they did with it, and as soon as the other team stood up, how they started folding. I don't know how they won that game yesterday. I thought I I had that game down for a loss. You know, I I stopped watching, but I had that game down as a loss. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but anyway, Kelly, I got I got to finish up with uh, yeah. the NBA, yeah, so we'll we'll, we'll, we'll catch we'll catch up during the games today. Okay, take it easy. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Take it easy. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. We'll be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. All right, so just to kind of walk through some of these uh, ultimate plays, I still think that the Giants-Eagles game offers tremendous value that folks aren't accounting for uh, at the end of the day. And from that perspective, we have to be a little bit more diligent about attacking the game itself. In terms of the matchups that I believe I'm going to be limiting my exposure on, it's going to be the late-night game between... The 49ers and Ravens, not because I don't think there will be scoring. It's just more along the lines of outside of McCaffrey. I'm having a harder time seeing like guys like Debo and Ayuk pop enough. Whereas you're going to see more points. I just think you're going to see more points out of the Eagles game. And I think the Giants pieces get enough there where... I think you should be kind of focusing on those filler pieces rather than trying to chase in what you might get out of uh, uh, some of these other squads. Because at the end of the day, you know, the the Raiders side, you know, it's going to, there's probably going to be some more concentration there if if it's truly without Jacobs. And it, it looks, it skews as though Jacobs is, uh, you know, a tough option is like, it's still, you know, I think it's going to kind of come down to, yeah, the listen is act- active, but you can't rely on Jacobs being playing. And so because of, you know, you could, you could gamble on a Zamir white if you want to do a cheap piece, but I do think there's probably a little bit more stability in the giants, uh, cheap pieces like a Wandale Robinson or Darius Slayton versus trying to gamble on which Raven gets into the end zone. Uh, for the nightcap, you know, the San Fran pieces are there, but I don't think they outscored the Eagles. You know, there's Rasheed Rice, but outside of Pacheco, I don't really trust the, uh, the Chiefs pieces because the Chiefs also spread the ball around. So to me, this is kind of comes down to 
the Eagles-Giants game. And as I said, I think there's going to be more points there than people realize. I don't think it's a complete stomp the way everyone is packaging the game up to be. So I do think there's going to be some opportunity there. So without uh, much further ado, uh, we're going to get on out of here. I'll try to record some showdown content as well. We ran a little bit over with the discussion, so we'll see how valuable that is. Uh, It may just end up being for uh, the Eagles-Giants game and the nightcap versus the early game. Um, if, uh, just looking at how the timing's going, but yeah, uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. And, uh, yeah, uh, see you around. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the fantasy throwdown podcast. Be sure to like, and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcast, and all major outlets.